It's hard to see anything else but the bad when all you focus on is the bad. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. This is a, a special episode today because we've got Easter Sunday coming up in just a couple of days. And this is a really cool time of year. And as we go through this, please share this out with at least three people because this is go hopefully going to shift the course in your life today and this weekend. And hopefully for everybody that you share this with, it very well could. This time of year, whether you're involved in religion, whether you're involved in any kind of belief in, in a higher power, let's just focus on what this season is today. Because Easter is always used as this framing of like new beginnings and moving forward with things and almost like killing the past and letting the past die. And it's even better than like a new year's resolution to me. You, you know how I feel about resolutions and I'm not even going to get into that because they suck. They're stupid. You know, it's like new year, fresh, whatever. But Easter's always like around springtime, right? Because especially if you're in the Midwest where I'm at in Chicago or anywhere, right? Where there's this huge seasonal shift. It's when the warmth starts to come out again. I mean, I would even have my pool open towards the beginning of April every year. So around that Easter time, and it's just all these new things, right? You get the smell of spring as the trees start to bloom too. And all the, the foliage starts to come back. The grass starts to turn green again. It's all these things, these visual cues around you in your environment that there's something new and good that's happening. And it just helps us feel good. It helps us realize that maybe there is something that, that is shifting right now around me. And we'll talk about that today, about this fresh start, because we're going to dive into, into the brain and some things about anxiety. There's things I've been reading about from uh, psychologists and also been speaking with psychologists about this and just some general conceptions around these things and how you really can legitimately and for real, once and for all, you could make that shift this weekend and start this path. And this isn't going to be, I want to give you a heads up. This isn't going to be like a immediate, oh, okay, everything is cool now. But this could be the start of everything new and fresh for you. So let's talk about our brains. Our brains are, are there. Obviously, they run a lot of functions in our body. But when it comes to emotions, it's really tied back to the brain's same function as it is for our body. And you know what that is? It's to keep us freaking alive, right? Because if you look at when the, the body dies, right, at the end of someone's life, their heart stops pumping. There's still brain activity that's measurable after the heart stops pumping. And if somebody's on monitors and all that, you know, if they're really sick in an in, in ICU or something, the, the time of death is actually recorded when the brain stops. And even if the brain is, you know, like in the situation of like a stroke or something, because my, my mother's husband had one. And I remember, remember seeing this with him is that a stroke cuts off oxygen to the brain, right? 
And when this happens, your body actually increases the blood pressure and your heart beats faster because it's trying to push more oxygen to your brain. It's trying to do other things. And like when people get hypothermia or something like that, you know, because they're in cold water for too long, your brain starts to tell your body to remove like the blood from your limbs and keep it more towards the center of your core. This, uh, this is all functionality of your brain. So I'll ask you a question. If this is really what your brain is supposed to do to keep you alive, how could this be any different with emotions? This is your brain's functions. Your, your brain is there to keep you alive, not to keep you happy. Now, there's certain stimuli and everything, of course, that we're going to talk about because I want to ask you some questions today. Well, we'll start out with this big one, right? Now, close your eyes just for a moment. As you're listening to me, just close your eyes for a quick moment and just put yourself in this nothingness, right? You can start to let everything else fade from being around you. Start to think of nothing else and just like you're in this void, right? There's all these things swirling, everything that's in your life right now, all the good, all the bad is just kind of swirling around you. And you can see it from where you're at. You see everything just kind of like passed before you that's going on in your life right now. And here's the question. How often do you worry about the future? How often do you worry about the future? And some would call that anxiety. Psychologists the one that I was talking to would call that anxiety, but what's anxiety really is, is like a super sensitive threat scanner. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I've talked to many. I've read a lot about this. I'm not one, but what I can see is that anxiety really is like a super sensitive threat scanner. It's interesting, right? Because you look at when you ask this question, like how often do you worry about the future? You know, it's like, what could go wrong? What if X happens? How do I really know? And you become anxious about something that hasn't even happened yet. Something that may not even happen. Something that likely would not happen. But you start to get wrapped up in this because you start to just put yourself in that moment in the future. And this starts to really tear you down because then you look at the future, but you're trying to pull from your past. You're trying to pull from things that have happened already. And it actually becomes like a moment of introspection. You're looking inward. And instead of saying, oh, all these things happen to me, what most of us will tend to do is all the shouldas, couldas, and wouldas. I should have done this. Man, I could have done that. If I would have only gone this route instead, I'd be in a different spot right now, and then I wouldn't have to ask this question about what's going to happen tomorrow or next year or three years from now. It becomes a swirl of actually like beating yourself up because of bad choices that you made or choices that you didn't even make, which by the way, when you don't make a choice, that's actually making a choice. I'm just going to call it out for what it is. But this is where anxiety comes into play because you're looking at all these shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and then it's, you worry about the future and what could go wrong? What if X happens? And then you start to get really down on yourself about all these things. And this is why anxiety and depression are linked is because all the worry happens and and it starts to feel like there's no way out. 
it starts to feel like everything is closing in around you. Remember that, that vision that I just said, close your eyes. How many of you started to see all those things in your life as you were trying to push them away when you did that just now? You started to see them getting closer and closer and closer to you because it's hard to push them away. It's hard to see anything else but the bad when all you focus on is the bad. This is when anxiety and depression get linked together. Why do they do that? See, there's actually physical things that happen with your brain trying to keep you alive because when it does this, it's like, oh, I don't want to go through this bad stuff again. So I'm going to try to avoid all the possible scenarios where this bad thing could happen to me again. And then what happens? It's this vicious cycle because then you choose not to go after these things. It could be somebody really amazing that you might want to spend the rest of your life with. It could be a new job that might change the course of your career. It might be an investment that would make you uber wealthy. But because somebody treated you poorly before, or you got fired from a job, or you lost a lot of money, now it becomes, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to avoid all the scenarios that could potentially make me happy just because there's a possibility that something could go bad. And then this cycle returns and you retrospect on those new opportunities, those new people. And it becomes again, I should have done that. I could have done that. And this vicious cycle just goes round and round and round and round and round because the brain will always return to negative thoughts. The brain will always return to negative thoughts because we wear those into our, into our neural pathways like a, like a well-trodden trail in a forest. Trails aren't made all at once. Trails in a forest are made because people continuously walk down that same path over and over again to where that becomes something as you look at a ginormous forest of possibilities in which way to go like, oh, I see a thousand people went over here before because I see this path. That's where I'm going to head. Your brain does the same thing with all the negativity. How do you break out of this? That gets to be the really interesting part because it's hard, especially when you're in this cycle, it's hard to see outside of it. When you had your eyes closed, could you see past all that swirling crap of life around you right now? Probably not. This is why you have to imagine what's beyond that. And you start to ask yourself questions like, what would be the worst that would happen if I did this? What good thing could happen if I did this? How could I choose a different path this time so that something good really happens rather than avoiding just the bad? See the difference in that? And this is the trick is creating these new trails because a path has to start somewhere. And this sucks. This is hard. This is really freaking hard. Because there's these amazing cells and I read about this in a Harvard medical journal is they're called glial cells. 
They're like the janitors of your brain. And what happens with your neural pathways, these trails that you make is they're like, think of them as like tiny strands. And every time you think that thought again and think that thought again and think that thought again, it's just like building muscle in your body. You have these things that continuously compound on top of each other and they become so strong and so wide to where it's super easy for thought patterns to flow down these paths, these trails that you've created for yourself because of the situations it might not have been your fault to begin with that something happened to you or maybe not even a bad choice or it could have been a shoulda, coulda, woulda. But then you return to those and it keeps reinforcing this path of negativity that you've created in your mind. And what happens, these Galil cells, they're janitor cells, they go in your brain and they actually see like the glimpse of an old thought that was a good thing, an amazing thing, things went your way, you caught a break here, you, you smiled, and those become a distant memory. And those janitor cells are saying, well, he's not thinking this way anymore. She's not thinking that way anymore. We don't need that. Let's go cut that tree down. Let's kill that pathway because there's more room that we need for all these new ways that this person, that, our, uh, that this brain is thinking. But when you can ask some of these questions and start to form the new paths, and there's two big ways, and I'm going to give you to do this, like what would happen if, or what's the, what's the worst that would happen? Should I go down this path? Should I make this new decision? The way that you forge these new paths, even and it becomes easier to ask these questions are two things. First, remember at the beginning when I was talking about spring and everything around you and all of the, the, the green grass coming up and then the trees starting to have their leaves and the smell of freshness in the air. That's your environment. There's reasons why people in the Midwest go down to Florida or, or some other tropical environments in the winter time because it changes their environment and reinvigorates them. You literally get reinvigorated from the vitamin D and the su- from the sun that you don't get past like September 15th up until March 15th. Yes, six months out of the year in Chicago where I live. You don't even get vitamin D from the sun during those times, which is something that, that stimulates all the serotonin and the good feelings and the dopamine and everything else in your brain too. Changing your environments is the fastest way to pattern interrupt this super strong negative trail that you've created in your head. And then once you change your environment, you can start to become clear about things. You can start to actually see things besides that swirl that's of negativity around you. And then the next step is to take action, to actually choose to actually make a choice to to jump into something that would be incredible for you. And you know what? There will be risk there. There will be the possibility that you might get burned again. But what if it becomes the best thing that you ever did and you just completely killed the shoulda, coulda, wouldas because you took a chance on the good? And now when you do this, you keep continuously doing this over and over and over again because it's environments, then it's taking action, and then last one, repeat. 
That's right. You keep circling back to the environment, taking action, repeat. Environment, taking action, repeat. And then that new amazing path just continuously builds up in your brain. It's like it becomes a strong muscle, a strong neural connection that now your brain's like, well, this looks pretty cool. And now you've got the benefits of all the, the emotional and the, the, the dopamine and the serotonin and all of those amazing things that feel good in those moments too when you go back to those new anchor points because you keep thinking down these new paths and what happens then is those Galil cells that we were talking about a little bit ago, now they're your best friends because they're going back and they're seeing, oh, this negative side over here. You know what? He's not really thinking that way anymore. She's not really thinking that way anymore. And then they start to sweep those up. Almost as if they never even existed. You've heard the phrase, time heals all wounds, right? That applies here because you continuously build the strong, build that new positive connection by environments, action, repeat. And then your brain, which is designed to keep you alive, sweeps away all the bad. Isn't that awesome? This weekend is time for your fresh start. This weekend is the time for you to shift. This weekend is the time to change your environment, to take action, to repeat, and ask yourself the question, what's the worst that would happen if I...